is there a is there a bar in particular that you're like I'm going there this weekend? Wherever the wind blows, you know. There's so many down there I couldn't even really name a ton. I mean, I know all like the you know Aldean, Brian, Tootsie's. Um, yeah, which one? Which or which Rock one's we your favorite? To. I mean, what? You know, I uh, my favorite there, and again, this was I didn't do nighttime. When we went to all of them, it was like okay. afternoonish, heading into the evening. You but can I still get a good, Ryan's. yeah. You can still get a good. See, I think uh, when I went with my friends, we kind of did a whole day. Like mm-hmm, we started sure. early, but we were there all the way through. Yeah, nighttime, and I think we started at Kid Rock's at like noon. Yeah, and Luke Bryan's, I believe, is right next to Kid Rock's. I think we hit uh, Luke Bryan's pretty early, but yeah, yeah. Luke Bryan's is cool. Luke's was cool, more of a chiller vibe, and there was a really good band that was playing. I think that's why it stands that's out. That's the one, music. actually, that the musician, the guy that was performing, um, we, me and one of the buddies I was with, we ended up, like, chatting it up with him for, like, an hour. Really? And it turned out he was from, like, Ohio originally and of stuff. That was pretty cool. So, shout out Casey Edgar. Casey Edgar. Maybe we'll see him <clears> down there this weekend. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Welcome back, everybody, to the Below Average Joe's MMA Show Preview Edition once again. As you are watching this, the fellas are making the trip Mm. to Nash Vegas. We will be in person for UFC Nashville. No live show, unfortunately. One day, maybe maybe if you added a couple zeros on that subscriber total, we <laughs> mm-hmm. might we might have the balls to do something yep. like that. But yep. as it stands, we're getting this done before we leave normal time per usual. And uh, yeah, very excited, of course. Dominic, how are you feeling? I mean, it must be nice. This is probably going to be the first time in a long time you've not had the drive for one of these trips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it feels good. If there's a, you know, we got three people, so we can kind of use anything. And with three people, I feel like you can get away with a car, you can get away with an SUV. You bump that number anything more, you're looking for trucks, you're looking for SUVs. So yeah. it's going to be a fun trip. I don't doubt it. It's supposed to be beautiful weather uh, as well. This is going to be. What is this MMA event number four for us? No, this will be three UFCs. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Bellator last November. So uh, we're kind of broadening our horizons. These last two trips have been kind of far, you know, the five hour mark. So it's going to be a good time, a great weekend. I know there's going to be some stuff going on down there. I'm trying to keep my eyes on certain fighters that are going to be places. I'm excited. And we could see a pretty solid card in person. So I can't complain one bit. I know you're ready, Noah. How are you feeling getting prepped? Feeling good. Feeling good. I'm working from home today, trying to get through. Actually, we're recording this on my lunch break. So we're trying to just kind of cook through the rest of the day. I'm going to meet my dad and his fiance out for dinner later. Then, Dominic, the mind goes to Nashville. I've been doing my prep, been doing my tape study. These main event and co-main events, I'm very excited for them. I think we're getting a really good double feature. There at the top. And I do think there's some great supporting pieces underneath. Mm -hmm. This is not your average fight night. This is not the apex, people. (laughs) UFC (laughs) actually trying to bring us a banger for uh, Nashville. Even if the main event, like losing Umar in that main event, feels like a loss to me. But Rob Font, I mean, it's about as good of a late replacement as you can hope for. So Yeah, sure, sure. But uh, Dominic, we're vastly approaching... Our three-year anniversary, which wow. 
not planned, but kind of marks the change of our content. It really does. Yeah. So I want to be out in front of it, make sure everybody's aware of it. That means it's a good time right now to follow us on our social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at the BAJMMA. Dominic's always live tweeting cards. I'm always throwing my two cents in there. We're trying to, you know, put memes, all that shit. I know when you kind mm-hmm. of say it, when you say like, oh, we're putting memes and shit. Like <laughs> it just makes you seem old and not funny. Yeah, so. we're, we're old and gray. <clears throat> I'd like to think that we're pretty funny on there. Yeah, um, yeah. TikTok, we do like uh, clips of the show, but also trivia, which we just got done recording. So I think those are fun. Mm-hmm. So make sure to follow us there. Also, in case there's any delays in episode uploads and sure. things like that. Um, basically, the content. How did we describe it last time, Dom? How, how's the content changing? How do we word it? Essentially, if you're a YouTube person that likes watching the video versions, you're going to get clips scattered throughout the week in a more timely manner. If you're an audio person that likes getting episodes in one long form, really nothing's going to change. It's still going to be a preview on Friday and a recap on Monday. So just the way that it's presented on each platform to cater to them pretty much. Yeah. And because normally we only we do our entire recording in one sitting for each of yep. these. So this is uh, going to allow us to be more timely, like you said. Mm-hmm. When news drops, when, you know, whatever, fight announcements, mm-hmm. anything that drops, we're able to kind of record it right then, sure, get it uploaded the next day. So the people on YouTube do not have to wait till Friday or Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, just trying to tailor the content to the type of viewer that would be watching on that platform. and. So if you would prefer that long form, make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple, your audio platform of choice. But feel free to stay at the YouTube. Subscribe if you want more of those timely clips. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't really care about getting a long form episode. But if you want both, I mean, just do both. That'd yeah, be cool. there you go. Exactly. Then you got the best of both worlds. <clears throat> so with that, Dominic, I think it's time to get into our main event. Yes, sir. Corey Sandhagen returns for the second time in 2023, coming off of his one-sided, probably the most one-sided split decision you can have, victory over Marlon Vera. He's back here at another main event spot, UFC Nashville. Originally scheduled to fight Umar Nurmagomedov. A couple weeks ago, Nurmagomedov falls off in steps. Rob Font, the number seven ranked man in weight in the division, and Dominic, despite the four versus seven matchup, the odds tell you that Corey Sandhagen should win this fight. Minus 340 for him, plus 270 for Rob Font. Maybe a little bit of that's because of the short notice aspect of this fight. But I want to know from you how you look at these odds. Rob Font, maybe if this was before the Yanez fight, you could see him being a pretty big underdog here, but you felt like he really built himself back up with the way he took out such a young, promising up-and-comer in Adrian Yanez. So I just want to know from you, do you like these odds? Do you feel like Corey, just being as good as he is, is worth it even at this price? Or is this a little too steep for you? This one's interesting. Um, Both of the co and main (laughs) event uh, odds are interesting here and almost the same. For this one, I understand it. It's definitely steep. Um, you know, Rob Font did come off of a great performance. So I feel like he deserves a little bit more respect here, but I think it is you factor in that short notice, 
um, and it's two strikers, right? It's it's a really different matchup for Corey as compared to when he was matched up with Umar. I'm pretty sure it was like a plus 200. The guy went from a plus 200 yeah. dog to a minus 340 uh, favorite here in a matter of a month. So I understand it. Um, I don't have a complaint necessarily. Now, am I going to take a chance on a Corey Sanhagen parlay piece? I don't know. Maybe we'll kind of just see how the weekend treats us as we head into Nashville, but I, I get it. You look at just the way that they both strike. Rob is such a technical, precise boxer. Corey is a great boxer, but he has the kicks. He has the clinch, the elbows. It's just a little bit more dynamic, a few more weapons on the feet. All that adds up to, yes, him being a favorite. Minus 340 is interesting, but I understand it. Are you kind of here with these odds, or are you kind of a little iffy on this one? I tend to side pretty heavily with Corey Sanhagen in this fight. Mm-hmm. I don't think playing him straight up, even in like a like a parlay, makes a lot of sense. But I do yeah. think there's a way to make good value of Corey Sanhagen here. Maybe a same game parlay. Mm-hmm. Maybe pair him with like a one plus takedown because that's a big aspect, Dominic. That I think you kind of missed there is that yeah the the wrinkles Corey Sanhagen has added to his game. You saw it against Marlon Vera, even before that against Song Yudong. Mm-hmm. Corey Sanhagen, I think, learned a lot from that loss to Peter Yan a couple years ago where he's not the best striker in this division. He cannot depend on that to carry him to victory. Mm. So you've seen the improvements in his game, while Rob Font seems to be getting even better on on his boxing. I mean, the Yanez performance was awesome. Yes. Um, But I, I don't really see those improvements elsewhere, or at least the willingness to utilize him right in the fight so i think you got a guy in rob font who is probably the best technical boxer mm, i'd say in the division going up against a guy who's much more well-rounded at least has shown to be in Corey sanhagen and i think that's a big reason why you would favor him here and even in the striking as good as rob font's technical boxing is dominic you go before that Giannis fight, and there was a very interesting pattern developing in Rob Font's career. That two-fight stretch where he lost to Jose Aldo and then Marlon Vera, mm-hmm. both of those fights, I'm pretty sure he, by quite a bit, outstruck his yep. opponents. Yep. But he lost that fight on moments, on mm-hmm. on sequences. He did not lose that fight due to a lack of trying, a lack of output, a lack of skill yep it was ultimately when it became a war of attrition he was not able to withstand the punishment while his opponents were able to withstand what he was dishing out that could be another problem for him here you saw when Corey fought song yudong right song yudong just became you know that eye swelled swelled up Mm -hmm. so bad doctor came in stopped it in the fourth round and for all we knew, if that fight went to a decision, I'm not even sure what the score would have been of that fight. Song Yudong right. could have been very much in that fight. Yep. I don't have any sort of um, – I don't really have any pause on believing Corey Sanhagen's not going to come in here and be very durable and mm-hmm. be able to eat clean shots if they land. But I also think now with that added wrinkle with the wrestling, if he were to get rocked, I think he has a way out. I don't think Rob Font has – that escape plan Mm, if things go wrong. And ultimately, that's why I think I favor Corey Sanhagen pretty highly. I like Rob Font a lot. I think he's a tough challenge for anybody, even on short notice. 
but Corey Sanhagen, I, I like him here. I'll probably end up taking him. I don't have any bets in yet, just for yeah. transparency. But I'll probably end up pairing him in some way on a same game parlay. I'll have to see what kind of odds I can get if I put him with like a one plus takedown or yeah. maybe Corey over one and a half rounds. I like both of those. So um, I think you could probably get pretty decent value on something like that. What do you think, Dom? Yeah, no, I like the way you're, you, you kind of have to view this one. If you're leaning Corey looking into other, whether it's a method <clears> of victory or doing the same game parlays, you know, he's going to land a lot of significant strikes, um, you know, but you you point out where Rob's outstruck his last those last few opponents. Does does it, can he outstrike Corey? Because Corey is a little bit different than a guy like Marlon as well. Because Marlon will wait for the big shots. Yeah. Uh, Corey is an output guy as well. We're get, we are putting two output guys together in terms of the striking, anyways. And that's what I think is very interesting to see who's going to come out on top when you add in those extra weapons standing up. And you were right about the takedowns and the grappling. Corey has shown that he's pretty much a Swiss army knife when it comes to mixed martial arts at this point. And if Rob's not ready for that, especially on short notice, maybe it is a little bit more of a minus 340 looking line all of a sudden. So if you're not excited for this fight, guys, I don't know what will get you excited. I think it's a great matchup. It's a great short notice replacement. We get to see it in person, baby. Come on. We do. I mean, what's Corey Sanhagen also fighting for here, Dominic? You have yeah. to thank so be three in a row some uncertainty yeah. in the title picture because two weeks from now, Aljamain Sterling looks to defend against Sean O'Malley. If Aljo wins, it's all but certain he's going to move up and yeah. kind of open up the possibility of being a champion for his teammate, Marab Dwalishwili, who's injured right now. So Corey with the win here, you're looking at a vacant title fight between him and Marab if Sean O'Malley were to lose in two weeks. Mm-hmm. If Sean wins, that that really becomes an interesting topic of who mm-hmm. you put in that title fight. But if Corey comes in here and shines, dominates Rob Font after dominating Marlon Vera earlier this year, that's going to be a really mm-hmm. tough, tough battle to decide who gets that shot between him and Marab. And, um, if Rob Font wins, now all of a sudden you're looking at him in that He's same there. position. Yeah. yeah. So this is actually a pretty massive fight. Obviously, a lot has to be played out with that title fight. But the potential is there that the winner of this fight could be in a title fight next. Yeah, the, you got to think there was a reason all in all that this was going to be booked two weeks out from that title fight, <laughs> regardless of whether it's Umar or now Rob Font. So it should put it into perspective for you. Yeah, let's get on into the rest of UFC Nashville co-main event. Dominic, I nearly made it a headline in of itself, but we got yeah, a lot of headlines today. Yeah. Tatiana Suarez makes her sophomore comeback fight after uh, she came back earlier this year and defeated Montana De La Rosa. That was that flyweight. She moves back down to the division that she once dominated before having to take that massive three-year layoff She's taking on the former strawweight champion, Dominic, Jessica Andrade, making her fourth appearance (laughs) of 2023. Yeah. However, she's coming in off back-to-back losses. It's been a weird year for Andrade, man, because she started off the year at 125 pounds, dominated Lauren Murphy. Yeah. We're talking 30-25s. Yeah. I mean, multiple 10-8 rounds just dominated her from pillar to post. Then... Less than a month later, she jumps in with like like on a week and a half notice to take on Aaron Blanchfield. 
Yeah. Aaron Blanchfield sort of out, it seemed to me, outstruck her in round one and then ends up submitting her very easily in round two. Then she jumps pretty quickly into a fight two months later with Yan Zhao Nan. Mm, and that was boy. the best we've ever seen Zhao Nan look. And Zhao Nan not only dropped Andrade, she finished Andrade in round one. Yeah. So now you look at what you have here. Andrade, where it seemed the momentum was at a high point to start this year. And now she comes in at a plus 285 underdog against Tatiana Suarez at minus 360. This is number five versus number 10. Mm-hmm. Dominic, I know you are a big Tatiana Suarez guy. And now I'm kind of on the other end where I'm a huge Jessica Andrade guy. Mm-hmm. I want to know your opinion of these odds. I know we kind of started to talk about it in the intro there. I mean, you love Tatiana Suarez. Do you feel like she could make this number look justified? She definitely can. She definitely can. I think she has the skills and ability to do so, but this isn't Montana De La Rosa. This is Jessica Andrade, fought in three weight classes, a former world champion. I mean, this is as legit competition as you're going to find right now if you're Tatiana. So I I think Jessica is, if you're wanting to take a chance on dogs, I I wouldn't mind betting on Jessica Andrade. She's plus 285, plus 300. I mean, look at what she's accomplished. I think that's enough to justify putting at least a sprinkle on it. But yes, I, I lean Tatiana. I just worry early on if she stands for too long, it could get dangerous. But she has very, very good high fight IQ. I feel like she's going to try to get it down to her realm as quickly as possible. And once it's down there, I struggle to see a world where Jessica can get back up, can threaten from the bottom. I just think that's where Tatiana can roll. So I'm very excited for it. It's a great fight that we get to witness as well. I'm a huge Tatiana fan, as you said. You're a huge Jessica fan. And Noah, let us not forget, this is going to be the second time we've gotten to see Jessica Andrade fight in person. So it's all that more yes. the Mary. It, it, this is a big stake fight too, man, like both of these co-main and main because Tantiana has made this comeback. Now she's at 115 because let us not forget she started at 125 now for her comeback in February. She wins here. She's in the top five. What is the UFC going to want to do with her? How quickly do they want to push her? Because they've wanted to for a long time and she was out. And if Jessica wins... It's Jessica Andrade. She doesn't have to do much to get into the title picture. No, I mean, look at all these accomplishments accomplishments that she has. This is a very exciting women's matchup. A big-time fight in the strawweight division that has seemed to be a little, I don't know, not stale, but just kind of stagnant as of recent. So I feel like this one hopefully is a sign to get things picked up again. Let me ask you a follow-up question. So you explained kind of how she can, but maybe how Andrade could be, you know, the spoiler here. Mm -hmm. Um, You explained why you like Tatiana, how you think this might go. Is your kind of in your mind, how you think this fight's going to go based more on who Tatiana Suarez kind of was, or is it based off of the Tatiana Suarez that fought Montana De La Rosa? Is it, do you feel like, I guess really my question is that, did the Montana De La Rosa fight, the way she looked in that fight, tell you that she's going to come back and be nearly 100% of who she was when she left? No, I feel like I'm still hanging on to some of those old fights and performances of Tantiana, and I'm more so using those and pairing it with what we got to see someone like Aaron Blanchfield do to Jessica sure. Andrade. Okay. No, I think fair. that's that's where I'm leaning the heavier side, because I'd imagine... If we ever get to see Tatiana and Aaron Blanchfield, I mean, that's an awesome fight, too, at 125. But that's where I'm kind of mixing things together. She looked great, don't get me wrong, against Montana. 
but it's more so the past, her potential that I still believe in, paired with what I've seen of Jessica. That's where I find myself. Yeah, it's it's strange, Dominic, because this is how fast this game moves, man. In January, I was the one saying that Andrade was probably more um, deserving or had yeah. earned a right to that strawweight title fight more than someone like Amanda Lemosh had done. And then we're not even eight months later, or yes, I guess it is eight months later. And now the questions are, is Andrade done? Is she washed? Is those were those two losses, you know, so bad that maybe she's never going to recover from this. And if she loses a third one in a row, yeah, all of a sudden she's kind of far and away out of this title picture. It's quick. It's crazy how quickly the game moves. And I actually am so when I kind of put it like that, that makes me so kind of hesitant to fall into that trap of the recency bias of. Mm-hmm looking at these last two fights and and thinking that this is somehow an indication of a fall off for Andrade. It could be. Yeah. Could be. I've made this mistake before. I remember when Tony Ferguson came back and fought Charles Oliveira. Sure. There's a lot of people saying after that Gaethje fight, he would not be the same. And I was kind of like, you know, giving him the benefit of the doubt, probably even gave him the benefit of the doubt when he fought Benil Dariush after that. And obviously that ended up not working out. But I'm gonna do it again. She's only 31 years old. At the that's end of the crazy. Day. Yeah, she does have holes in her game, and this is not a good matchup for her. I mean, it's not. Tatiana is one of the best wrestlers, if not the best wrestler, at 115 pounds. Andrade has showed to struggle against dominant wrestlers. She did it against Blanchfield. Valentina Shevchenko dominated her on the ground. And we know what Andrade is gonna to need to do to win here, and. If this was the Tatiana of 2019, I'd actually probably favor Tatiana quite a bit, like at this price, which is crazy because Andrade in 2019 might have been the champion of the division, depending on what time yeah, true. of the year you were looking. I just, I do, I did see a little bit of rust when she fought Montana De La Rosa. Sure. Doesn't mean that she won't come out here and look even better. She probably will. I think at this price, I'm going to have to lay something on Andrade. I, th- I think that's what's going to need to be done. Um, I don't love it. I don't love that Andrade, the way she's picking her fights right now. Mm-hmm. Seems awfully strange because she jumped in on short notice for this one too. Yeah. So, like, what are we doing here? I mean, you, you know, I, who am I to knock someone for wanting to go in there and get a payday and get another fight and try to maybe build back some momentum? But you jumped in on short notice against Blanchfield. Maybe the UFC gave her a bag to do so. She gets dominated. That's a future champion more than likely. So mm-hmm. no harm, no foul. Then very quickly takes that gel non-fight. Okay, gets finished. You would think after getting finished in the first round, maybe with her style, you take a little bit more time off. But instead, she's jumping in on short notice against another bad matchup. It just mm-hmm. I'm not loving uh, the way she's picking her fights. It seems like she's really just not picking them at all. She's just like, yep, I'll take it. Let's do it. Yeah. And Which I, I respect and admire about her. But it, at the same time, um, with the loss here, we're, we're definitely going to have more questions than answers moving forward. Yeah, and I do just want to say quickly, because we talked about stakes for the main <laughs> This is another fight here where in two weeks, the champion in their division is defending. We have um, Zhang Wei Li and Amanda Lemosh on that same very card. So this is, again, two weeks out. 
where do you, I know, and this could be a Monday thing because mm-hmm. we kind of want to see the performances, I'm assuming, but is there a world here where really either of these ladies were to win and are right there? And especially if Tantiana can come in finally healthy and get a big win against Jessica, can she maybe squeeze in just after her very first comeback fight at 115 pounds? Well, I hadn't thought about it, but I'm going to pull up the rankings real quick. So Zhang Weili taking on Lemos, that's uh, champion versus number four. Mm-hmm. Rose is, of course, moving up to yep. 125, so that takes out number two. Carla Esparza, it's kind of up in the air what she's doing next. And she's pregnant she... right now. Oh, is she? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that that answers that, so you yep. can take her out. So uh, I do think Yan Zhao Nan and Zhang Wei Li is – if Zhang Wei Li beats Le Moshe, mm-hmm. feels like that Yan Zhao Nan fight needs to happen. Sure. So I think at best what you're looking at here is the winner of this fight pretty much lines himself up to be next. Yeah, yeah. Or next of next. Right, right. <laughs> so the winner of this will probably have to fight again. But now is a good time for either one of these two to sort of stake their claim because, mm-hmm. like I just said, you got two of the top five gone. Yeah. One moving up, one pregnant. Mm-hmm. You have another one who's fighting for the title in two weeks. It's the perfect time to do this type of matchup. Andrade is number five. It would be massive for Tatiana to come in here and make quick work of her. Mm-hmm. I think that would line her up pretty, pretty, pretty solid for either to fight Zhao Nan or to potentially fight someone like Verna Jandy Roba mm-hmm. or someone like that or Marina Rodriguez. Yeah, the winner of that fight, of course in theory would be being the next title challenger. So yeah. Winner of this likely, I mean, if Andrade wins, she ain't fighting Joe on again, I don't think. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, if Andrade wins, maybe she fights Vierna. Sure. If Tatiana wins, let's say she fights Zhao Nan. Mm, I love it. I love it. But maybe on Monday, I'll feel differently. Kind of depends on the performance. Exactly. Too. Yeah. So, but it is, it, I hadn't thought about it. So I'm mm-hmm. glad you brought it up because I didn't realize how kind of cleared out the division. It is a bit now. open in a way. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Um, as far as the rest of this card goes, fight I'm really looking forward to. It's got to be that prelim. I think it's the prelim headliner, Billy Q, taking on Damon Jackson. Dominic. Yeah, that's a good one, ain't it? These are two guys who have exciting fight styles, who it seems like have a bit of a following behind them. Guys, they're two guys that I think are very talented, but have yet to break through. Mm-hmm. They've been mm-hmm. given opportunities to do so and have yet to really make the most of them. Billy Q had his latest opportunity in his last fight, and he got knocked out cold by Edson Barboza. I mean, that's Barboza, man. That's what he does, yeah. and he did yeah. it with the – didn't he do it with a flying knee as well? I think so, yeah. Um, Damon Jackson was coming off a loss to Dan Ige, so really a battle of two guys coming off losses. Both were given big opportunities. So this is a bit of who's coming, who's going, in my opinion. Because really, both guys are 34 years old. Not a ton of time left to be kind of messing around in this 16 through 20 range. It's time to, if you're going to leave a bigger mark on this sport, on this division, now's the time. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a very exciting fight. It should be a really Really fun scrap. I know Billy Q even said he's going to be out and about, hopefully, on Broadway this weekend. So maybe we'll run into Billy Q on the street. But yeah, I think that's a great matchup. And I would have to say, if I had to pick another prelim fight, I'm going Heoni Barcelos and Kyler Phillips. I think that's a really 
underrated scrap. It's been a while since Kyler Phillips has been in. It has. It was February of uh, last year. It was like the Australia. I do not sleep on him because back when we first started this podcast, Dominic, you remember he was a guy that was getting some looks and I know he had kind of a USADA suspension, I think, and some weird. Remember at your uh, house when he fought Song Yadong? (laughs) Yeah. The the background of that story real quick is that uh, when he fought Song Yadong, the winner of the fight was announced as, wasn't it? Was it Kyler, Kyler Phillips? Won. Yeah. So Bruce Buffer saying Kyler Phillips and Dominic for some reason heard Song Yudong and was like celebrating. <laughs> like yelling it out. <laughs> so, I mean, if that tells you anything about Dom, man, yeah. just good stuff. And, you know, I feel like Barcelos has lost three of four, but he's so much better than that. I feel like he's a he's always been this, this slept on talent <clears> that is a very well rounded fighter. And his last loss was two who was going to debut or headline this card in Umar Nurmagomedov. So I just think that's a really underrated scrap. You should pay attention to that one on the prelims. It's Bantamweight division banger. And Kyler Phillips, if he wins, he's probably going to put himself in or very near the Bantamweight rankings, which is something people have at least expected of him for a long time. Got to stay active now, so maybe this will start a trend. Don't sleep on that fight. What are the odds for that fight? Do you know off the top of your head? Oh, where is it? I'm it's looking at the ticker, but I was, I figured, I mean, you typed them in, Dominic. I know, I can't this. remember. Here it is, right here. Kyler Phillips, minus 198. Barcelos, what is he going to be? Plus 164. There you go. So I'm going to be honest. I love the price on uh, Kyler Phillips there. Yeah. I, I look at this three out of four skid for Barcelos as a sign. Yeah. Okay. Fair. I mean, it's good competition, like Umar, mm-hmm. you know, the potential of him. Timur Valiev is on uh, this season of The Ultimate Fighter, but I think he's much better than that. And actually, I think he got screwed in his, his fight. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that one. I watched the fight. <laughs> yep. I've stopped watching the season, but I watched that fight <laughs> because I thought Timur was going to be the winner. I thought he won the fight. But anyways, Victor Henry, I know he kind of stalled, but I remember that was a big coming out party for him yeah, it was. when that fight happened. I just think Barcelos is very talented. He he was very underrated for a long time, but he's 36 now. Yeah, yeah. I think his best years are behind him, and it is a big showcase opportunity for Kyler Phillips here. Absolutely, for sure. Let me just mention one more. And I and I I know these both these guys are 36 years old. You really can't call them prospects. Okay. But Jeremiah Wells and Carlston Harris is a very high-level fight. Considering it is. it is. They're both unranked. Mm-hmm. They're both 36. Like, I can't really call them prospects, but they are. Yeah. I actually think they're two of the more talented unranked guys at 170 pounds. Yeah. Jeremiah Wells is a hammer early, great wrestling, does struggle with his gas tank. Carlston Harris has got very fun and fluid striking um, long guy, you know, he had that loss to Shavkat, which I know kind of he hasn't been as active since mm-hmm. then. He did come back and take on uh, Jared Gooden, looked like, in March. So I, I just like both these guys, man. I think this is going to be a really fun fight. It's I, one of those clashes. Right? Yeah, it's the hard five. to, like, put it in words because I get yeah. it. You look on paper, they're 36. They're unranked. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, why should I care? Yeah. For one – Jeremiah Wells seems like a guy who might have some Yoel Romero and him just be fighting at a high level when he's <laughs> yeah. 44. So, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, I think that's going to be very fun. I, I look for that to 
turn some heads in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And we opened the card with two flyweight bangers. Jake Hadley's even on the card. So we Ode Osborne's on the card. Jake too. Hadley, Cody Durden, Ode yeah. Osborne taking on a debutante. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Debutantes, man, they've been in they've been in the rave as of late. So maybe... this is our card. Is it not so perfect that we get to see this? We got two flyweight scraps to start. We got Jessica Andrade. I mean, Tatiana Suarez. This is amazing. I love it. Well said. Dominic, let's talk about the biggest fight of the weekend. (laughs) Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz. Whoops, wrong button. Sorry. There it is. (laughs) Spoiler for what's ahead. (laughs) Uh, Jake Paul is taking on Nate Diaz this weekend in a boxing fight. I believe it is 10 rounds uh, now. I think it was originally scheduled to be eight, and then Nate wanted it to be 10, so they ended up agreeing to move it to 10 rounds. Is it just me, Dominic, or is this fight going like super under oh, the yeah. radar? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Is it a sign that maybe this um, influencer boxing kind of era that we've had for the last few years is it is it is it slowly dying down? The shtick is up. Is that what we're going toward? Maybe I don't know. I, I mean, it just seems like it, it feels like this should be the biggest one. Yep. It. It. Yeah. 100%. And I'm. I'm it's not. I mean, and also, like, this has been a weird buildup, man. Nate Diaz looks like he – I know Nate Diaz has always got that kind of doesn't-give-a-fuck mm-hmm. attitude, but does it seem like he legit just really does not care about this does fight not care at, all? at all? Yeah, yeah. I mean, did you see the face-to-face that they always do with these Jake Paul fights, Ariel Hawani, like, moderating it? The, and he, it yeah, he and he just walked up. Yep, yep. I mean, I <sighs> – it's hard to care about this fight, if I'm being honest. Like, you know, Dominic, we used to kind of have, we used to, like, hate, we, we used to love-hate these fights almost. Like, because they were a big deal, and we hated they, it almost. We hated that, that. We hated, we wanted to hate it. <laughs> yeah. Jake Paul attacking MMA. Yeah. Also, just, even for me, trying to be, get into boxing. Yeah. I didn't love this influencer thing, like, watching low-level boxing. Sure. Like, being given these big spots. Look, you know, whatever. Call me whatever you want for not liking that. Just not my thing. So at the time, it was like you would hate watch it. Yeah. Because you wanted to see Jake Paul lose. So exactly. Would, you thought it would all go away. <clears throat> and I remember thinking, like, God, Ben Askren's fighting for MMA in this fight. Yeah. Tyron Woodley yeah. and both of his fights are fighting for all of MMA. Anderson ah. Silva fighting for all of MMA. Yeah. And they all fell. Yeah, Anderson Silva literally fell. Okay, you, you, that was uncalled for, but I'll let it slide. <laughs> Didn't yeah. get knocked out. Didn't get knocked out, yeah, but he yeah. did fall. But MMA is still here yeah. and it has not changed. Yep. And it's then he had the Tommy Fury fight, which that's not MMA. That's just... I forgot that one even happened. That's just yeah. a pro boxer versus infl- I, I don't know. It got weird. <laughs> yeah. It feels like this is like the the crescendo. This is yeah. like what it's all been building to. It's this yeah. massive. Nate Diaz, a massive star in the sport. And truthfully, I could. I just can't really be bothered with it. You know. Yeah. I just yeah. don't care. Yeah. And I don't know. Like for a time, I thought maybe it was because Jake lost to Tommy sure. Fury. Like he, he he lost, and now it's kind of like well. You know, I guess that's it. Yeah. <laughs> he lost and that's it. Yeah. But um, I don't know if that's it or not. I don't know if it has to do with just maybe that the the, the lack of interest from Diaz 
is rubbing off on the people that are tuning into a lot of the buildup here. That mm-hmm, they're just mm-hmm. like, well, if he doesn't care, why should I? Right. I don't know. But like Dominic, if, if Jake Paul goes in there and knocks out Nate Diaz, it would be sad because I love Nate Diaz, but also I'm not going to be as like devastated as it's my devastation will solely be for Nate Diaz and not for any other selfish fandom reason. Yeah. Which was different than when we went through the Tyron Woodley's and the Anderson Silva fight. So yeah. Feels like this thing's kind of reached its peak and we're past it at this point. I know, and this really is the biggest one, the biggest star value if you're looking at the names on the marquee. And I saw that people were getting tickets in the upper level for like 28 bucks. It's uh, in Texas, Dallas, or somewhere, I Dallas, think. Dallas, so, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It should be interesting. Maybe I will say there. the gate uh, is apparently rumored that it's going to be the second largest gate at that arena. At the arena. Okay. UFC 277 last year. Okay. But that would put it in front of like uh, UFC 211, which was a uh, Stepe versus Stipe, JDS. Yeah, Joanna was uh, on that card. Joanna and Andrade. Huh. Interesting. So I think that was actually Poirier and was that Poirier? No, that wasn't Poirier Gaethje. I was gonna say uh, maybe Eddie Alvarez. Just oh, there was another know. big fight on Eddie Alvarez. Get the Poirier, maybe. Right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was one of those. Are you leaning? Like, does Jake Paul win here more than likely? Yeah, probably. I mean. Yeah. That's I, yeah. I mean, at first, when it was first announced, I was kind of like, "No way!" Like, you know, Nate Diaz has got—he's got that quirky, unorthodox boxing, but it's good, you know. Yeah. But I think it's just good for MMA. It's—it's it's different when you put on boxing gloves; they're heavier. The timing's different. The, sure. The actual surface you're fighting on is different. Jake Paul, whether—I mean, he's probably going to win, and you know, I—I I don't know. If he does that KSI fight or whatever next, but truthfully, Dominic, this is out of our wheelhouse. I mean, does a win, things. win or loss? I was about does to it ask matter you about, for Nate yeah, Diaz. I was about to ask you that, but I will answer okay. it first. Then, so <laughs> does it matter for Nate Diaz? That's the biggest question of the fight, I think. Yeah, I think it kind of does. Like, yeah, if he loses here, I don't know if the UFC bring him back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, even if it's just out of spite, like to bring a guy back who lost to Jake Paul, what if Nate goes on to fight? Like, I mean, cause you're going to bring him back for a big fight, right? Of course. So maybe it's a Dustin Poirier fight or Connor McGregor, fight Connor or whatever yeah. it is. If he were to go and beat Dustin or Connor, then all of a sudden those guys look like they're worse than Jake Paul. Yeah. Even though I know that's not really the math ain't math then yeah, on yeah. that, but the, you know, people ain't going to look that far into it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think the, if Jake, if, uh, if Nate really wants to keep fighting, which it seems he does, it seems like he wants to go back to the UFC after this. I think he kind of has to win. Yeah. And I think if he wins, we finally get the trilogy in 2024. If he wins, no, I think Connor's never fighting again. I like. <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah. You remember yeah. like a week ago when you were saying that him and Chandler's not yeah. going to happen, and I was like, "Come on, Dom!" I'm like, "Hold on." I'm, I'm glad you're back down. Yeah, yeah. yeah like funny. now you're the one that's booking Connor fights, and I'm like, I just I, all I see is the talk. Yeah, we all. I feel like it comes off like we don't like Connor. I I love what Connor's done for the for the oh, sport. Yeah. yeah. 
don't love a lot of the antics as of late. Sure. But it doesn't mean I dislike him. I don't know him as a person. Right. I have tons of respect for what he's done as a fighter. Yeah. And that's what becomes kind of just sad is that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we just may never see it again. And he doesn't have to, to his credit. I oh, mean, yeah. The dude has cashed out. Like, it's all peanuts for him to come back and fight. Oh, yeah. This isn't the main source. Which is why, on. like, <laughs> if the Chandler fight's not going to happen, I really have a hard time believing a Gaethje fight's going to happen, a Diaz fight's going to happen, like, any of them. They just... If he's going to come back, it, like... I don't know. Just, and he'll inevitably be tweeting after this fight, regardless. I'm sure. Yeah, so, you know yeah. he's gonna be yeah. he's gonna be saying something, but yeah. Well, that was somber. But actually, one more question, real quick. Jake Paul beats Nate Diaz. Does he box Conor McGregor? No. Okay. Conor's never fighting again. Remember? Never. <laughs> All right. There we go. <laughs> I I'm just gonna say that until he actually gets announced, yeah. and then I can be excited. Yeah. That that's perfectly fine. Okay. Do you think he fights Conor McGregor? Do I think he boxes Conor McGregor? Um, no, I don't think Conor would do it. I don't think so. Yeah, I think they'd talk about it. They'd talk about it. <laughs> I probably, think they tweet about it. Yeah, about they will No, I don't think so. PFL playoffs. It's here. Didn't hear about it. They're pulling kind of a Bellator here. Kind of, you know, maybe because they're merging. I don't know. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a real shame if they merged <laughs> and then both, and then they just became like Bellator promotion. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, PFL playoffs are here, like Dominic said. We have the featherweights and the light heavyweights, correct? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. main event, Bubba Jenkins taking on Jesus Pinedo. And then you have Josh Silvera taking on Ty Flores. Gabriel Alves Braga taking on Chris Wade. Yeah, who I believe is stepping lead. in. Yeah, from uh -huh. lead Haibulayev, which I know we didn't talk about on here, but yeah, he's unfortunately out. And then opening the pay-per-view, I mean, I know there's one fight beneath it, but for the actual playoffs, Martin Hamlet taking on Impa Kazaganai. So Dominic, which guy. matchup are you probably most looking forward to out of these four? I, st I love Impa, and I'm glad he got this opportunity here, but I have to go to the main event because <clears> I think Bubba Jenkins and Jesus. But how can you not be excited for this after what you saw Pinedo do to, fucking, to Brendan Lochnane? I yeah, mean, that's yeah. unbelievable. That, that fight has banger written all over it. Bubba's been coming out so much more aggressive this these past two years, looking for finishes. Pinedo clearly is dangerous and has power. I know Bubba can grapple his way to a victory, but I don't think it's going to come as easy. I don't know what the betting odds are because we can't bet on it in Ohio. But, my God, I think that is an absolutely so wait awesome a minute. fight. I wait a minute. we can We're bet on it in Tennessee. We're going to be there before the fights start, aren't we? We might have to look into it. Y'all better follow us on Twitter tomorrow because <laughs> the, the, these shits might be coming out yeah. fast and furious. Is it just me, Dominic? I, I, I get why you're excited for that fight because obviously Bubba Jenkins is that dude. Bad man. But yeah. also Jesus Pinedo had one of the upsets of the year, that knockout of Brendan Lochnane. Our, our Joey yeah. award yeah. winner. Uh, the Joey curse uh, mm -hmm. activated. But the, And I don't want to call it a fluke, but this part I still view Bubba Jenkins as being a massive favorite here. I would imagine he is. I, I don't say. know what the odds are either, but it's like he had a great moment, Pinedo did, but I don't really see this fight delivering mm -hmm. in any sort of fireworks. Like 
at the end of the day, it's a shame we're not seeing Bubba Jenkins and Locke name fight again. Yeah. It can't be helped because, again, Pinedo was the better man that night. Yeah. And I was incredible to watch. But it does feel like there's something missing there. Mm-hmm. Um, I will go with uh, Martin Hamlin and Impa Kazaganai. I love my boy Kazaganai. Glad to see him make this push for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Martin Hamlet is a very solid guy in this PFL light heavyweight division. Probably going to be the bigger guy in there because Agonai kind of bounced back and forth. And yeah, he's going to be. In the UFC, sure. he fought at middleweight, or actually, I think he fought welterweight. Yeah, I think he did both. You're right. Yeah. So now he's up at 205 pounds. Martin Hamlet's a big light heavyweight. Yeah. Yeah. That does concern me. But um, I'm looking forward to see how Impa does in his first PFL playoffs appearance. Also, Josh Silvera. I mean, I to be honest, neither of these two playoffs at this point are like really grabbing me. Like mm-hmm. I wish they would. The light heavyweight. I mean, the all the PED stuff is really yeah that put, put a, a black cloud on the light heavyweight and heavyweight playoffs. But move lead Hybulaya being out, I really would have loved to have seen him and Bubba Jenkins potentially in the finals. But with I, I think there's a really good opportunity here for someone to shine, someone to make that splash where it makes us go when it's time to do the championship. We're like, be on the lookout for this guy, for someone to do their Jesus Pinedo moment and yeah, really make us go like, oh shit. I think Silvera has that potential. I think Alves Braga has that potential against Chris Wade, who's been around in the PFL a long time. Mm-hmm. I think there's plenty of potential here. By the way, Braga has a win over Pinedo, by the way. Pinedo went one and one this season. So Braga could be that guy. Even Impa Kazaganai could be that guy. That's what he you tend want, right? To be yeah. on the receiving end of those moments. So yes. Yes. I, I I definitely think we could be here Monday or whenever we post it talking yeah. about somebody from this these four fights like shining sure. through. Yeah, I think I would agree. With that, Dominic, let's talk about some fight announcements. We got a few here. Yeah, we do. Then we lost one. That's so. I'm going to go through the list, Dominic. I think we're going to focus mostly on this uh, denouncement here. But uh, oh yeah, yeah. Kelvin Gastelum is out of his co-main spot against Shavkat Rachmanov on September 16th. That was the fight night for uh, Mexican Independence Day. It's been kind of branded as Noche UFC. Daniel Rodriguez, however, is taking on Santiago Ponzinibbio on mm, that card. That's so that's an, uh, that's an added one for that. October 14th at the Apex, Jonathan Martinez taking on Adrian Yanez. Oh. And then Abu Dhabi, October 21st, our first domino fell in the light heavyweight. <laughs> yep. of, well, maybe the first domino was last week. But Magomed Ankalaya taking on Johnny Walker. Mm-hmm. So I will get allow you to give your thoughts on all these fights, Dominic. But I think we got to kind of talk about this co-main fight that we're losing here because sure. I think that's uh, thirteen fights in Kelvin Gastelum's UFC career Ooh. that have that have uh, not seen the light of day. Eight of those being due to him falling out. It seems like there was a legit injury here, but I did see Shavkat's been. I don't know if Shavkat's manager has been the one tweeting this stuff or if Shavkat really unloading the blicky like that on him. Yeah. Talking about how he's struggling with the diet and stuff. But we'll take it at face value for now. 
do you see the UFC being able to get someone on short notice to step in and fight Shavkat? And who would you <laughs> like to see? I've been seeing names like yeah. Wonderboy Thompson thrown around, like Kamaru Usman thrown around. Usman did go to TMZ and said, I ain't going to be there. Uh -uh. <laughs> yeah. So is uh -uh. there anybody who you'd like to see step in on that date that you think could give Shavkat a good fight? You know, um, I'll just say it sucks for Kelvin because this was his, you know, re-debut into this weight class for what it's worth. I know he called for it to happen in New York instead in November. Shavkat, as part of some of those tweets back, were saying, no, we're going to do it on my turf in Abu Dhabi. So I just imagine the fight just won't happen, which is unfortunate. And uh, you know who I could easily see taking this fight. And I know he said he wanted to fight at 185, but I could see Mr. Kevin Holland entering his name into the sweepstakes <laughs> and uh, fighting Shavkat on this card. I know that would kind of get rid of the Mexican heritage for it, but it would still be quite a very intriguing, interesting, and fun co-main event. So, I mean, if I had to say anybody, because it's, you know, I could say names, but it's a matter of if it's realistic. That's where, like, the Kamaru's right. wouldn't come in. Steven Wonderboy's not going to cut weight again. But I could sure as hell see Kevin Holland changing his mind and staying there and fighting Shavkat. So if I had to say any name, it would be uh, Big Mouth Kevin Holland. Yeah, I mean, that 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 you could throw his name in there for any yeah, I know. I took the or middleweight. No, I know. <laughs> I, I think that is the most realistic one. Yeah. I will say, though... You made that point you just mentioned about the fact that this is the Mexican Independence Day card. Yeah. Kind of makes me think they'll just scrap this scrap. one and maybe have Shavkat fight in Abu Dhabi, which I'm not I'm not gonna be upset at. Sure. This fight night's already boosted from having a title fight on there. Yeah. yeah. I would love to have a really solid co main. You always want that. Mm -hmm. So if they do it and they just say, okay, I mean, you don't have to have every fight have a right. Mexican fight. Yeah. On but I'm just saying I could see them kind of being like, well, it seems like the right fight to make with mm -hmm. Kelvin and Shavkat. If he's not going to do it, maybe we'll just move Shavkat to Abu Dhabi or book that fight in New York or something, really try to boost one of those pay-per-views. Yeah, I don't really have a better answer than, than Kevin Holland and... That's a bad fight for Kevin Holland, though. It is, right? I mean, we've already seen him with Hamza, <laughs> and now you take on Shafka. Like, if I'm the UFC and, and Kevin's, like, trying to call... If I'm Dana White and Kevin Holland's trying to blow me up, take the Shafka fight, I'm not answering. Voicemail. <laughs> like, yeah, if, even if I'm desperate to get him, to yeah. keep him on this card, I'm like, we're not putting Kevin Holland in this fight. <laughs> yeah. For his own good. For his own good, of course. <laughs> no disrespect, Kevin Holland. Maybe, you never know, but... Yeah, I think more than likely we're just losing that fight. Maybe they add something. They got a little time, you know, spice weeks. it up, you know. So. Yeah. As far as the rest of these fights, Dominic, what kind of stands out to you? Anything you like? Anything you don't like? Uh, I really, I like all of them, and the the other D Rod and Santiago's a banger. Um, but I I have to be intrigued with Walker and Ankalaev because now we're seeing Johnny. Maybe, just maybe, putting some things back together to his old self. <clears throat> and now he's fighting Magomed Ankalaev. So it's going to be a bit harder to keep that winning streak alive in those winning ways. Ankalaev got to be coming into this with the chip on his shoulder. He was yeah. pissed about the uh, opportunity to lose out on the belt. I had the draw with Jan. Hasn't fought since then, if I remember correctly. Nope. So this is that comeback fight almost a year later. It's not easy for either of them. I feel like I lean Ankalaev, but I could see... These, these the kind of vibes are making me almost want to take a stab on Johnny Walker come October and uh, they're 
they're loading up Abu Dhabi as expected. So that's a phenomenal matchup. And as Noah said, it's the dominoes that are going to hopefully continue to fall at 205. How crazy would it be if Johnny Walker won that fight? Then I'm, and, and I'm not saying that because Johnny Walker's not good. I'm saying it because look at where we were with Johnny Walker like a year and a half ago. Exactly. Yeah. And then if he were to beat Ankalaev and be He's literally right <laughs> knocking on the door for a title shot, yeah. for him to like come full circle. I mean, I'm talking before the podcast, five, yeah. six years ago. Yeah. We're talking about Johnny Walker as like Hamzat Chemaev. Yeah. Can he beat and Then John he loses Jones? to Corey yeah. Anderson. Then he yeah. loses to Nikita Krylov. And for him to like, if he were to be able to come full circle, oh, in a man. lot of ways he has. Like he's ranked top five. Yeah. He really has surpassed where he once was, I guess. Yeah. yeah where he once was for sure has yeah. not met the expectations. But yeah. We thought those were so crazy at one mm-hmm. point in time when we look back on it. And here in like a year, Dominic, we could be saying Johnny Walker, UFC champion. Champion. Ooh, what a world. If he beat, and if he beat Ankalaev to do it. He's, I mean, yeah. If, if he wins that fight, he's getting If Ankalaev loses this fight, my man may never fight again. Yeah. <laughs> he may oh, be so man. disgusted. Yeah. Because I, I have a feeling he's going to be a heavy favorite. And I can I would see imagine. the reason to throw something on Johnny Walker, but I'm not going to lie right now. If Ankalaev's less than a minus 350, I feel like I'm going to have to play him in some way. You know, I was just, I was about to say, I wonder if he would get to like <clears> minus 400. <throat> I'd say maxed out minus 400. Johnny's going to be a big underdog. Yeah. yeah, he will be, but I, I don't know, man. Can you? It's a hard fight for Johnny to win, but. Yeah, it, it kind of, <laughs> you know. But it's he's, an interesting yeah. one. No, I I, it is very interesting. Also, I love Martinez Yanez, but I just oh, think that's that it's sick. at the apex. I mean, yeah. I just think that's. I mean, what just? I mean, I know you have to put good fights on these apex cards. But that's a that's a crowd pleaser. Well, fight. it is. But any good fight's going to be a crowd pleaser in, True. in theory. <laughs> True. Good point. I just. Why, why do it? Why do, do we still have to do the apex? Yeah. Well. Nobody go. Nobody go back and look at the video we did. Our hot <laughs> takes from like yeah, the yeah. first year doing the pod. <laughs> I've been trying to convince Dom for a while to like just remove our first year of episodes. He's like, at least God, please remove that I'm episode. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't want these takes to be staying out there because, boy, is it bad looking back on it and being like, did I really say I preferred. Fans. Oh yeah. Jesus. Um, anyways, Dominic, that's it for us. Uh, no blazing bets today because uh, yeah. we do not They're have slate. anything placed yet, but make sure to follow us on Twitter. We will post everything maybe tomorrow if we get the bet PFL. Yeah. If not Saturday for the UFC. Um, Dominic, closing statements time, however. Anything you'd like to get off your chest? We did get this done, by the way, in the time we, we did to. Yeah, uh, we said we had the we had about an hour basically to get this done before I had to go back to work, and we are we didn't even four, rush. What's spare, Dom? Man, so that means anything? we had a long closing statement segment. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. I'm just kidding. Anything for closing statements today? Uh, no, I'm just gonna say for those. I'm there's got to be someone out there. Maybe maybe not. I know we're not. It's not a huge community yet, but maybe there's someone out there that's gonna be in Nashville for these fights. Some Midwesterner. So if you're there, Noah said it on a. Uh, on our uh, recap uh, at the beginning of the week. And I'm going to say it here. If you're there, 
we get to see you. That'd be a really cool moment. It'd be fun to talk fights with some of our listeners and viewers and community. Uh, we get tons of tons and tons of comments. So it'd be fun to talk it in person with people. So if you're there, enjoy the fights. Maybe we'll see you. But I'm excited. It's going to be a great weekend. For those that have been to Nashville, you probably know why. It's going to be a good time, Noah. So I just wanted to say that. A big element to Nashville is the live music. Sure. All sure. the bars down there on Broadway. Country music out the ass. Yeah. Which is good for people like me and you, Dominic. Sure. White country pieces <laughs> of shit. My question for you, though, is I don't know if you're familiar because I you know you were kind of there in the daytime. I'm not mm -hmm. sure what it was like then. A lot of these musicians, you can Venmo them. They'll have yeah. like their Venmo and you can Venmo them song requests. Mm -hmm. So my question for you is if you were to give a song request to oh. a musician, what's the one country song that you are going to go to and be like, this is what I want to hear the most. And this is going to say a lot about you, Dominic, because it could be just a song that you're really feeling right now, or it could be a, like an all-timer for you. Um, mm -hmm. I'll go a song I've been feeling right now, then, because it's going to be easier to think. I'll go with a, a little Cody Johnson, Human, or only Human. I've been thinking that song lately. It's one of my top country songs that I think oh, I would go cool. with right now. So that'd be fun to hear... One of the local musicians and talents give that one a run. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we heard someone give that a run this weekend at one point. So did Nick get I'll you on that. Cody Johnson? I feel like I remember him uh, really liking Cody He Johnson. actually went and saw him in concert. I'm not like, I don't know. I'm not a, he, he's great, but uh, I just listened to a few songs here and there. That one plays yeah. on the radio because I'm still a radio guy sometimes when I'm in the <laughs> car. So that one I hear, I would give that one. It feel kind of blasphemous to request that in Nashville, Dominic. Because not uh, much Cody, of a party song. Cody Johnson. Well, no, 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 that's not what I'm. You always like think you know what, where I'm going, and you just know you're going a complete opposite direction. It's because uh, he's from that Texas red dirt country, which they don't fuck with Nashville. They think Nashville's like the the worst thing for country music. Fair. So it would feel like kind of like uh, the Crips. You know, or like <laughs> yeah. groups mixing with the bloods. And, okay. <laughs> um, no, I guess if I were to request a song, do I go all timer or do I go something I'm feeling now? See, Dominic, when I'm drinking, I love I love to sing along. Okay. So it's like, what's a song that's going to get everybody singing? Mm -hmm. So I got to go all timer. Okay. And it's got to be, it's a great day to be alive by Travis mm, Tripp. Can't go wrong there. Yeah. Classic. Political leanings notwithstanding. <laughs> Travis all about Tripp. The music here. Man, that song is beautiful. That, mm -hmm. that, that's a fun fact. The two song, my first two songs that I was like a fan of as a kid. Little, little Noah, three years old, barely can say sentences. Yeah. I was listening to that. And she thinks my tractor sexy. Can he trust me? <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. So, one of those two would be the what's what's getting Ven mode requested. Then hey, I'll go with tractor sexy, and then we'll hit both. There we go. Ooh, damn! What a night. <laughs> yeah. My name's Noah Baker. That's Dominic Slee. Everybody have a safe weekend. If you're going to Nashville, if you're traveling, yes. drive safe. Yes. And we will see you guys on Monday.